relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. This episode of the America First podcast with me, Sebastian Gorka, is brought to you by Franklin Armory. Shop freedom, quality, and innovation at franklinarmory.com. Franklin Armory, we are facilitators of freedom. I know Sebastian well. Listen to him. He's with us. Welcome back, dear friends. Welcome back. What perfect music chosen by our engineer who's wearing a very natty new hat today that arrived from one of our fans. Says, we the people. It suits you, Alex. It's the James Bond theme, the original one, which is rather apposite given who our guest is. He is the one, the only, a man who has served the nation with a badge and a gun, member of the intelligence community, currently suspended from the FBI. Why? Because he's a truth-teller, Kyle Serafin. Welcome back to America First. Thanks so much for having me on, Sam. Right, so you were bugging me with very important texts as I was coming home from the Holy Land with impeccable, and I mean impeccable timing, because of the little clip you sent me that is very relevant to where I was. I was in Jerusalem. I was in the Holy Land. We'll get to that. We have the luxury of being here one-on-one with you for the whole hour. But first, um, I want to remind people of the person who will never, ever be the president of the United States, the Harridan who is Hillary, and a moment in FBI history that will go down in infamy. Let's play Comey. Cut nine. Play cuts. All the cases prosecuted involved some combination of clearly intentional and willful mishandling of classified information or vast quantities of information exposed in such a way as to support an inference of intentional misconduct or indications of disloyalty to the United States or efforts to obstruct justice. We do not see those things here. To be clear, this is not to suggest that in similar circumstances, a person who engaged in this activity would face no consequences. To the contrary, those individuals are often subject to security or administrative sanctions, but that's not what we're deciding now. As a result, although the Department of Justice makes final decisions on matters like this, we are expressing to justice our view that no charges are appropriate in this case. Incredible, the man who had no authority to say the charges should be dropped, that is a decision for the Department of Justice, made that unilateral decision because he is a member of the swamp. Carl Serafin, after in that 14-minute press conference, where he said, these are the <laughs> classified documents that were removed from a classified system, put in our unsecured server, things that you and I would end up in prison for having taken off those classified systems. He said, no, no, I'm not going to prosecute her. I was told a story by a friend in the Bureau, and tell me if this sounds like fantasy to you, that there were guys in, uh, what is it? What is it called? It's Chelsea, where the FBI's uh, JTTF is in, uh, in um, New York. And they were listening to that press conference and they were going, oh, my gosh, he's going there. He's going to do it. It's going to be the truth. It's going to be, yes, responsibility. There are going to be consequences for what Hillary did. And then in the last minute, he says, oh, no, 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 doesn't count. There were people allegedly at the Joint Terrorism Task Force in New York who got up from their, I think it was a Thursday, got up from their desks put on their jackets, and didn't come back to work until Monday because they were so disgusted with the FBI. Does that mean there are still a few good people left, Kyle? You tell me. There are. There's no question about that. There definitely are. Um, you know, the guys that I worked with, uh, a lot of them have very ideological, pure you know, drives to go get bad guys, to go lock them up. That's what they signed up for. That's what they want to do. There's a small cadre of very politically motivated supervisors that do the same thing that we're seeing them do. They're, they're you know, uh, kind of kowtowing to the leftist side of the FBI, which is 
this sort of um, academic and uh, intel-driven, you know, analyst types. And uh, those people are, are really running the Bureau, but that's not who the Bureau is, I don't think. It's just unfortunate that I don't think you can take it back from them because they've gotten into such a space where, you know, they, they feel entitled to running it. But there's tons of great people. I mean, I worked with a bunch of them, and uh, a lot of them are still friends of mine. All right. Well, that, that is a little bit reassuring, although we're talking about more than 30,000 people. So for those who aren't familiar with your story, you are currently suspended from uh, the Bureau um, and you have become an official whistleblower, and my good friend Dan Bongino has done Legion more than anyone else, I think, to actually tell your story. And it is a courageous story, and I'm very grateful to Dan for connecting us. So for those who, who missed those clips in the Fox interviews and, and Rumble interviews and YouTube interviews, what is your story? Why, why is Carl Serafin suspended from the FBI? So I undertook some whistleblower activity last year. That was in October. Um, I went to Jim Jordan's office. Actually, I went through my congresswoman, Yvette Harrell, and uh, met, went to Jim Jordan's office. This was the the um, EDU threats, uh, threat tag that the FBI had sent out from the assistant director uh, of counter, exp explain, uh, what a, explain what a threat tag is. Let, let's begin there. Yeah. So uh, every every intelligence operation, every sort of criminal uh, case that the FBI has, we tag it for different investigative priorities. We tag it for different intelligence that might be available in that case file. And so it could be um, uh, counterintelligence if you're looking at spies. Could be organized crime. Could be something. It's to more do. specific. Okay. Give yeah, us give us some it, give us some examples. It, it's granular. So if it's uh, extortion, specifically extortion okay. that happens by the Chinese government, it could be um, a a uh, journalistic contact coming out of the People's Republic, right? It can be very, very narrow scopes. And one of these things that we created was this thing called EDU threats. And that was in order to tag uh, threats that were going to school board members and staff of public schools in the United States. And it came right on the heels of Merrick Garland's testimony in front of Congress. Saying so hang, that hang on, th 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 this is really resources. crucial. This is crucial. So the tag the Bureau came up with which is granular, which is specific, to give you the, the category within which to put a potential case or an investigation, was EDU for education, I'm, I presume, right? It was, it was EDU officials, actually. It was very specific. Okay, EDU officials, which yep. had to do with threats made against lo local school board members? Correct. Which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, when has threats of violence against school board members fallen under the remit of the FBI and not local or state law enforcement? I'm a little bit confused. Uh, you know, excuse my, my naivete. So it does have the potential of being a federal crime if it's carried across interstate means. Oh, well, so, every, every uh, crime that crosses borders, right? has that correct but, so but, so if, if it's over the phone if it's on the internet that has the potential of being an fbi um you know a federal crime but it, it's not something that we generally would have the bandwidth to handle and i right. know that we don't because we, we just don't okay so, so that was the real so, so so this edu official threat category against school board members that merrick garden un unleashed the fbi onto why, why did this lead to you why, why on earth did you raise this issue with jim jordan why did this let end you end, end up in you becoming a whistleblower um about five days before this email came out, Merrick Garland stated that they would not be using counterterrorism resources, which they talked about being as, uh, you know, Patriot, uh, Patriot Act tools against parents. And then this email comes out and it's not just written by the criminal division who would handle interstate threats, which is, like I said, it's a perfectly reasonable thing, although I think it's a misuse of resources. It was written by specifically the assistant director of counterterrorism in the FBI. And so you have two different assistant director's offices. It's a criminal matter, but the counterterrorism division was sending it out. And that led me to believe that what was said in front of Congress was false. Uh, being a whistleblower is a very specific category. If you're going to go under federal law, there's a, it has to actually, um, it has to fit into a specific category. And that category is going to be that it's a violation of rule, policy, or federal law. Say and that again. To me, that it has like to be, so the thing the whistleblower wants to report has to be a violation of the law, right? Or yep, Correct. Policy. Policy. Or rule. Yep. Okay. And then you said, and, what the heck is counterterrorism got to do with threats against school board members? Correct? 
It did. And I also, when I when I was uh, responding to the FBI, I, I told them I said that it, it looked like that the uh, attorney general may have perjured himself in front of Congress. Now, I don't have to prove that. It's just that I had the good faith belief that that might be the case. And I and I referred it to Congress under that, you know, guys, there were a couple other things that we talked about as well, which were some misuse of federal resources. You can also talk about what's called fraud, waste or abuse. And I brought some of those to the attention of my congresswomen as well. Um, we haven't really heard a whole lot about them. I still think they're issues. But um, specifically, the thing that I think probably was the issue is that I, I I printed off an email and the FBI can certainly see that I printed off that email and I handed it over and it went to Congress. So that and who is your Congresswoman, Kyle? Um, when I was living in New Mexico, it was Yvette Harrell, who was just unfortunately voted out by a very narrow margin. And so she's going to be turning over her seat to a Democrat very shortly. Did you what response did you get from Yvette? Wonderful people. All of her office had been outstanding. Uh, her law enforcement liaison is a friend of mine named Gene, retired state police officer in New Mexico. And he's kept touch. You know, he probably called me more often than the FBI people I worked with did. So there's something just a credit to the type of people that worked for her. They were all great. All right. We talked to Kyle Serafin, suspended FBI special agent. He is an official whistleblower. You can follow him at Linktree with the uh, the URL is up on the uh, Chiron on the screen. And also, what is your Twitter? What is your Twitter, Kyle? Very simple. It's at Kyle Serafin. No spaces, no punctuation. At Kyle Serafin, S-E-R-A-F-H-I-N. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First, coming to you from the relieffactor.com studios. Don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Go to Spotify, plug in my name. It's absolutely free. You'll never miss a one-on-one. Leave us a five-star review and share the links with your friends. Also, check out all the America First gear. Most relevant for us today is the joint product with Chris Plant, the FBI t-shirt he invented. Fascist Bureau of Intimidation. That's SebGorkaStore.com. Stay with us. Whether it's the regular Hellcat or whether it's the compensated RDP with that miniature red dot, I love them all. How did it take so long to invent a factory compensated subcompact 9mm? Well, guess what? Springfield did it, and I'm a huge fan. And I'm Sebastian Gorka. The Hellcat from Springfield Armory is still the smallest, highest capacity micro compact in the world. Available in standard or optics ready configurations, the class leading capacity of the Hellcat gives you 11 plus 1 with the standard magazine and 13 plus 1 with the included extended mag. The definitive concealed carry pistol is here. The Hellcat from Springfield Armory gives you the capacity to defend. Making sense out of today's news, here's Dr. Sebastian Gorka. What an amazing trip, 350 of you with me in the Holy Land, with my muse, Katie, with Dinesh D'Souza and his lovely wife, Debbie. Guys, you got to come. We're going to go back. We're going to go back in 2024, and we might have a special uh, extension to that trip. So stay tuned here on America First. Carrie Lake was in for me yesterday, and didn't she do an amazing job, an incredible job, especially, especially with our Angel Tree campaign. Here's a little audio that she used yesterday yesterday that is just cuts to the quick of the issue two children who've benefited from the prison fellowship angel tree program alana and quentin spending time with my family and knowing that my dad cares he's sending me all these gifts thanks to you and i really like to thank you for it. i like the presents that my dad sent me i know that you guys care and he cares so i just want to thank you for that and i love christmas Thank you, Angel Tree, for doing all that you do, because you don't have to do this, but you choose to do it, and I really appreciate it. You don't have to do it, but you choose to do it. What are you doing? You have raised more than $200,000 already in about a week and a half. God bless you. For the one and a half million children in America who are missing a mother or father this Christmas because they're in prison. 70% of these children will end up behind bars themselves because they're vulnerable, because they're afraid, because they feel responsible. Let's break that cycle right now. If you can donate $25, the Prison Fellowship will provide a Christmas gift chosen by that incarcerated mother or father for one of these children. 
along with a message from that parent that they're not forgotten, they are still loved, and also children's gospel. If you've had a good year, if, if, if you've just survived, if you can afford $25, will you do this for me and them? $125 is five children who will feel just a little bit more loved. Please make a donation today. Go to my website, sebgorka.com, and click at the very top on the Angel Tree banner, or you can call them directly to make your donation on 888-206-2794. It's one of the most beautiful things you can do at Christmas or at all. Please call them, 888-206-2794, or just go to the sebgorka.com, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, sebgorka.com website, and click on the Angel Tree banner on the very top. We are back one-on-one with no, none other than Kyle Serafin. Follow him on Twitter at Kyle Serafin with an N at the end. Um, he is the official whistleblower of the FBI when it comes to the EDU official threat tag used against um, members of the public concerning school boards. What? When did you make the? When did? When did your status of whistleblower t- come into effect, Kyle? Well, technically, if you go to Congress, that's when it happened. Right. So October twenty seventh was when I went, um, and and I was thinking about it over the break. Um, a a threat tag is all like a hashtag that you'd see online. Yes. Right. It's, it's a very specific kind of tie in and you can use multiple ones. Like I said, many cases have a lot of them, but it's just it, it just brings attention to a very specific type of uh, information right. that's in that case. And it classifies it. OK, so what ha- what has happened to you since October? What is your status? Uh, what has uh, Congressman Jordan done? Give, give us give us a, a little encapsulated version of, of your life for the last few months. It's been kind of wild. So uh, part one was that uh, I was told that I couldn't come back into the office after Thanksgiving last year unless I tested for COVID every 72 hours. And uh, I refused to do that because I thought that was very discriminatory. Does, does, that, does, that, apply, does that apply to other special agents? Uh, only the ones that are unvaccinated. So every 72 hours, special agents have to get a COVID all test? Em- all employees. But they dropped that. So this is how this is how the goalposts have moved. Initially, it was every 72 hours. And then after uh, White House spokesperson Jen Psaki got up and said that Americans think it's reasonable to test every one week, the FBI made it one week. So that's where we moved. And uh, at that point, you know that you can see them moving the goalposts where you're looking at it. Um, I've been a nationally registered paramedic for over a decade. I have a top secret clearance at that point. And I told them either I stay home when I'm sick or you need to take my clearance away because you can't trust me to do the right thing, uh, but I'm not going to test for COVID every 72 hours or every week. That's absurd. So what happened? Uh, I was told, don't come in the office. I showed up. They sent me home. Um, and so I spent all of November, all of December, um, some of January on my own personal leave. This was, you know, I just asked him if I could take my leave and keep uh, my Are paycheck. you being paid? Uh, during that time, I was because it was my leave. Uh, but in Jan- on January 7th, my leave was revoked because I showed up to qualify for firearms while I was on leave, I just wanted to do the right thing and keep myself current. And from that time until March 4th, I was on AWOL, which I didn't know was a thing for federal employees, but it is. And they removed my paycheck for, you know, whatever it was, six weeks, um, went back for six weeks. And then I was indefinitely suspended. And officially, my paycheck was pulled on June 1st of this year, 2020. So I've been mm, six months, seven months right now without a paycheck. And what, uh, is, what is your status? Do you have federal credentials? Where's your badge? Where's your gun? What, what's happened to you? Those were all taken on April 18th. They were all uh, surprising. My special agent in charge and the ASAC for my office both popped up with no warning and took all those from me. And uh, they, they, came, they and, came to you to, to take your badge and your gun and your credentials? Yeah, it was over a three-hour drive from Albuquerque down to Las Cruces. And they showed up and surprised me and my supervisor and the other supervisor in the office. And they rolled off with my body armor and all my equipment and my phone and everything that would make me an FBI agent. What was that day like for you, Kyle? Uh, it was challenging, you know, it wasn't unexpected, but it did kind of take me by surprise. Uh, I kind of thought that we might have moved past it when the state of the union happened and they changed all the rules. I thought maybe that was the FBI moving on and just trying to sweep it under the rug. Uh, but then these guys showed up in the office and, you know, they demanded my gun. They demanded my badge. Uh, luckily for them, my, my gun and my badge were sitting in my desk drawer because I wasn't carrying their equipment anymore. I was only carrying my personal weapon. And, um, I just, you know, I turned it over and, 
there was no reason to be rude to them. You know, the the way that they acted and the way you know they're just following their orders, which I think is a massively immoral and bad decision, but it is their choice. And uh, my supervisor, who's a really nice guy, told me uh, he thought I handled it like a gentleman. And I said, I thought that the guys who came to take my stuff were beneath me. So there was no reason to be rude to them. And I still feel that way. Wow. You said something. Um, I think it was today. I think it was today you sent it to me about the FBI badge, which is about yay big. It's not very large. It's about two and a half, three inches big. And there's a saying about that badge. What is that saying, Carl? Yeah, it's about the size of a half dollar or something like that. Yeah. Um, they used to say that the reason the badge is so small is that so that no agents would be able to hide behind the badge, that their honor, their integrity, their fidelity, their bravery um, would all have to stand on its own. Um, but I, it's my kind of my take right now that the FBI has been hiring people and promoting people more specifically to the top of the federal chain that are so small in character. It's very easy for them to hide behind the FBI's badge, which is, like I said, tiny. Yeah. I, I have so many questions I want to ask you, especially after my um, my Twitter conversation, the the live phone conversation for four and a half hours a few days ago while I was in uh, Israel that uh, Elon Musk dropped onto for two and a half hours. And we talked about the Twitter files and then the revelations about Jim Baker, very senior agent. We'll get to that momentarily. We're talking with the suspended FBI whistleblower, Kyle Serafin, at Kyle Serafin on Twitter. I, uh, I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First One-on-One. Don't forget, don't forget, we're on all social media except the fascistic YouTube. Follow us right now on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Parler, on Getter, on CloudHub, on Truth Social. Most important of all, for exclusive content, SebastianGorka.com, SebastianGorka.substack.com, SebastianGorka.substack.com. MyPillow is excited to announce the original. My slippers are back in stock. Last Christmas, you made our slippers the number one selling MyPillow product. And now they have added smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes, and all new colors. What makes My Slippers different is the exclusive four-layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. My Slippers patented layers make them ultra-comfortable, extremely durable, and they help relieve the stress on your feet. Wear them anytime, anywhere, and save 90 dollars off with your promo code Gorka. That's only $49.98 a pair. You're absolutely going to love my slippers and now they are also extending their 60-day money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2023, making them the best Christmas gifts ever. Go now to MyPillow.com, promo code Gorka, or call 800-829-8468. That is code G-O-R-K-A to save $90, only pay $49.98. Quantities won't last. Order now, MyPillow.com. The truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. That's Dr. G's specialty, America First. That is our specialty here because that is our shield, that is our weapon, and that is why we will always win because we believe in the truth. We cleave to the truth. The other side's fuel is hatred and lies, and that's why we will always win. If you enjoy America First, if you enjoy one-on-one, don't forget to support those that make our show possible. We don't get half a billion dollars. From the taxpayer like NPR, this is a free market enterprise. Mike Lindell is one of our greatest supporters, friend of the president, likewise a truth teller, the inventor of the My Pillow, the pillow that never gets hot, never loses shape. Over 71 million sold. They're that good. President Trump loves them. My whole team loves them. I travel. I travel to Israel with my travel My Pillow. He's got over 150 items available on his amazing website. Amazing Christmas offers, BOGO offers. Check them out right now use my name for up to 66 percent off treat yourself treat a loved one or buy your liberal neighbor my pillow might do them some good go to mypillow.com promo code g-o-r-k-a or call 800-829-8468 that's mypillow.com promo code g-o-r-k-a or call 
829-8468, mypillow.com, code Gorka. We're back with Kyle Serafim, uh, formerly uh, active duty special agent of the FBI. Now he is a whistleblower. We need a good few hundred more whistleblowers to get to the bottom of what's happening at the FBI. Uh, day before yesterday, it was revealed, Kyle, that the former general counsel for the FBI, a man called James Baker, magically became deputy general counsel for Twitter. Kind of weird. Um, And then uh, it was revealed that by Elon Musk that in his release of compromising materials about censorship on Twitter by the DNC and by government forces, the material Elon Musk was revealing to the public was being scrubbed, was being filtered by James Baker. For what purpose would that occur? And what is your reaction to the fact that the former general counsel to the FBI is screening documents that Elon Musk, the owner of Twitter, wants all Americans to see, Kyle? Well, I'd say it's not surprising, but it is atrocious, right? Because we've got this really nasty information industrial complex that's developed Um, A lot of former FBI officials, whether they were agents or whether they were attorneys or they were public affairs folks, whatever else, have found their way into some really high power jobs in the tech industry. And they have very cozy contacts still within the bureau and the rest of the intelligence community at large. And so they're able to do this sort of work. They don't have to be asked because they already know what their job is because their loyalty is still to the agency they came from. That's what got them there. And the second thing is, if it's going to embarrass you know, the, the people who brought them to that dance, they're absolutely going to be doing the thing that, that keeps them, uh, you know, keeps the, the bread train rolling for them. So it's not surprising that he did this. I think it's awful. I think it's the, you know, everybody I know that works in the FBI that's a decent person would find that atrocious. There are a lot more of them that are out there. There's a, a massive hiring of, of these types that were at the, the upper levels of seventh floor management in the FBI and, and other agencies as well. They're out there. They're all over the place. So, and there are all kind of time bombs. So this is interesting because the question I raised after our chat with Elon and after that that explosive news 48 hours ago was that, do we think this man was acting by himself? Do we think James Baker would be scrubbing and filtering these documents just on his own initiative? I raised the question, is he doing it on behalf of the DOJ, on behalf of the FBI, on behalf of the White House? You're saying he need, needn't have received any direction. The fact that he's part of this crooked cabal means he just would have done it anyway. That's my guess. I mean, he was a DOJ guy since 1990. That's a long time. Wow. He's got 30 plus years invested in that, right? So when you look at these kind of people, and there and there's a number of people that we've seen that have walked out and they're on the left wing, um, you know, talking points. You got the Peter Strux, you've got the uh, Frank Fig or whatever his last name is, and uh, you know, the funny thing is, is they need the FBI to have standing because they built their entire reputation. It's tied to the FBI. It's not based on their character or their brilliant analysis or anything that they bring to the table other than the fact that they have those credentials and they were there for X number of years. So you have to listen to them. Massively important. This is this is why why Dan has been such a big fan of yours, uh, Dan Bongino, because, because you kind of cut to the heart of the issue. The corrupt people who've been at the FBI for 32 years, like James Baker, They need, of course, they need to keep the cover up. Why? Because then everything that they've been doing, everything that's associated with this agency collapses like a house of cards and that cards and that is their motivation. All right. Let's talk about um, my trip to Israel and a very, very interesting viral video that uh, you're in. That's part of your uh, interview with Dan. I'm Sebastian Gorka. We're talking to Kyle Serafin. He is a former special agent with the FBI, currently a suspended individual because he's a whistleblower. You've got to go to Kyle Serafin on Twitter. We'll be back momentarily.
This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from Freethinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. You are listening to America First with Sebastian Gorka, former strategist to President Donald J. Trump. I'm just re- reading more and more about this James Baker uh, lovely chat. By the way, they enticed me. The, the people who organized the 100,000-person Twitter Spaces conversation with Elon Musk, they enticed me to do my own Twitter Spaces chat with them. It's going to be 6 o'clock Saturday night. It'll be pinned at the top of my Twitter feed. We're going to talk about all of the ramifications of that story. But it turns out that James Baker was investigated himself for leaking national security classified documents about the Trump administration to the media. Well, 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 isn't that a surprise? I'm Sebastian Gorker. This is America First one-on-one. Back in the saddle a day early because I just missed you guys so much. Back from the Holy Land. Amazing trip with 350 of you guys. Next time, you've got to join us if you wanted to come and didn't. 2024, we'll be going back to the Holy Land. Um, the clip that you sent me, Kyle... Very short clip is about something that I didn't realize. I think you said was mandatory, whereby new agents have to go and visit the Holocaust Museum uh, in in D.C. Having come back from the Holy Land, from the state of Israel that was established after six million Jews were were murdered by the Third Reich, why why did you feel you had to share? What what is the relevance? Explain why your trip, which you did as a kid, I think, in, in high school as well, and then as a new agent, or uh, you did it with the Bureau, what's the relevance of, of the Jewish Holocaust to the status of the FBI today? So the FBI does two of these very important trips. One of them is to the MLK Memorial. We all go there. It's kind of a penance for what the FBI did to Martin Luther King Jr. And I think that's pretty performative. It's theatrical because I don't think anybody that's in my age bracket or younger is thinking anything negative about MLK. Regardless and of and also it's, it's a difficult thing to do because it's just a block of stone with a pretty bad statue. I mean, it makes MLK look about four foot high. <laughs> so it's, it's, right. I, if I was MLK's you know, family, I'd be pretty insulted by that. And in comparison to this this block size building in D.C. that is the Holocaust Museum, which, by the way, if you have not been, I don't care what your ethnicity is, you must do the Holocaust Museum experience because it is it's actually life-changing but it's sorry to interrupt you but so you've got this performative one at this very bad statue of Martin Luther King and then the Holocaust Museum talk to us about that yeah so the Holocaust Museum is the best it's the it's one of the most impactful days that I've had in my professional career I'm 41 years old um, I've worked in hospitals I've worked um, on an ambulance I was in the military this was this was it. it was like as far as days that changed the way you look at the world and what they do is they have a very specific program that's geared towards law enforcement because the ADL and the Holocaust Museum Foundation and the FBI created this program to make sure that FBI agents who have a significant amount of federal authority that they can wield do not fall victim to the same things that happened under Nazi Germany. Without the buy-in of local law enforcement, without the buy-in of state and federal law enforcement and minor government officials all over Germany, you could not have had a Holocaust. Everybody had to say yes, all allow this thing to happen. And if people started putting their feet down, then it would have been a no-go. And what we found, I think we've also found this with some of the COVID tyranny that happened in this country. A lot of people are willing to go along to get along. So the, theoretically, the, the message that you're supposed to take away as an agent, as a, as a trainee, is that you are responsible for the decisions that, the, you know, the, they will still hang you at the Nuremberg trials if you said yes to doing things that were illegal, immoral or unethical. And for me, it's not about saying that 
it's not about uh, you know the thing that people who were discriminated against are like the Jewish people who were murdered en masse. It's about government officials have a significant responsibility that their oath of office is not something they can take on lightly. And and I don't. I don't take it that way. No, I think that the, the point here is not a comparison to the, the, the Holocaust's effect on, on a specific uh, victim group. The, the issue here is the Nuremberg defense doesn't apply to anybody. The Nuremberg defense doesn't apply to a Nazi mass murderer, nor does it apply to somebody who's raiding a pro-life preacher's home on a misdemeanor charge that was dropped three months prior. I'm talking about the Hauk family with seven children, because the, the Nuremberg defense was, of course, I'm just a following orders that, you know, it is very clear we, we have this requirement. You are not morally bound and you must not be morally bound to follow an illegal order. And that's what we are witnessing, whether it's FISA warrants or, or whether it's anything else. And, and I think the parallel or, or just the connection to, to Gina Carano, the actress, is fascinating because this woman who was one of the most popular characters in, in, in a TV show that Disney was making who's an outspoken individual, I don't even know if she's a conservative, was fired from the most popular TV show or one of the most popular TV shows in the Star Wars franchise because of one Instagram post that she reposted or she used the verbiage from somebody else with a photograph of a woman um, being harassed, stripped half naked, being chased down the street in in Germany in the 1930s. And, And the statement was a very simple one. The Holocaust didn't begin with death camps. It doesn't matter what right. it doesn't matter what the regime is, whether it's the Third Reich in Germany, or whether it's Pol Pot's Cambodia, or Stalin, the Soviet Union, or North Korea. It's not that you know people wake up one morning and you know it was democracy yesterday or republicanism, and, and now it's it's death camps, it's gulags, it's people being disappeared into torture chambers. No, it, it is a a gradual a, a gradual dehumanization and this this is what um, Gina Carano said who I've been in contact since then and we're trying to get her back on the show her Instagram statement and I'm paraphrasing here is these totalitarian regimes begin with the simple dehumanization of the neighbor and that can happen anywhere right Kyle it's true hundred percent. So uh, when that happened and I was aware of that, I have a pretty wide awareness of what's going on. My family and I dropped Disney plus uh, yeah. in, in solidarity with her, which is a shame because I really like that show. I really like the Mandalorian. It was really enjoyable for me. It was kind of a neat old fashioned space Western. And, yeah. you know, uh, and she was a great character. She was actually the only believable female that I've ever seen <laughs> that got physical with men because you see women that want to fight men. And it's absurd, but she's a fighter. That's what she does. Um, so no, no, she by, by the way, she's if a- you're not familiar with, with our pop cultural references, Gina Carano is, is an MMA fighter or, or was was one of the most famous uh, in in the world. So she's not one of these eighty pound waifs in the James Bond movie who decks the exactly. three hundred pound you know bad guy and he falls down. Now this this is a person who most men would have trouble dealing with. She's a lovely lady, by the way, a truly lovely lady. But she's a rather powerful lady. Let's plug her a little bit here, just uh, because <laughs> we can. The movie, her latest movie, is uh, Terror on the Prairie. I think it was released this year. So watch her new movie, Terror on the Prairie and her first movie, my favorite, Haywire, where she plays a CIA assassin. Very credible. We'll be back with a real hero, Carl Serafin. This is One on One. first. Can you believe it? They are saying that they don't agree with America first. How do you say that? Magnificent. You don't say it not on this show. You're listening to me, Sebastian Gorka, and this is America First one-on-one on the Salem News Channel. We are back with our guest, former special agent with the FBI. He's a whistleblower. He's a patriot. We've got a couple of minutes left. I'm going to ask you two very simple questions. I'm sure you're going to knock it out of the park. Number one, how the hell did the FBI get here? I've been talking to guys with 20, 30 years in, and they say they, they point to two issues. Give me a sanity check. Number one, too many stinking lawyers, not a 
FBI agents, people like James Baker, who've been there for, you know, 30 years. Um, so not, not, not real field, field agents. And then after 9-11, this running everything out of D.C., and moving things more into the intelligence investigation that's malleable, that's sexy, as opposed to being a, a crime-fighting organization. Uh, what do you think of those theories, and is there anything missing? 100%. I think those are both very true. Um, it's not just lawyers, though. It's the fact that when you move, and, and Director Mueller did this, right? He moved us uh, from a crime-fighting organization that had a, uh, an intelligence capability to an intelligence agency that also has law enforcement authorities. Yeah. That's incredibly dangerous. Yeah. And when you become an intelligence agency, you need a bunch of analytical types. That's what they do. They get information, they get data, and then they go and they do analysis. A lot of those people are highly educated. They have masters and PhDs and so on, and they are very left-leaning because of the type of education and indoctrination that they've experienced in their in their training. So we've got a lot of those people that are making a lot of the calls uh, in D.C. And so that's that's really, I think, how they both come together. Some of them are lawyers. Some of them are intel analysts. Some of them are senior intel analysts and so on. And, uh, you know, the FBI has taken on the first, you know, pilot programs in my tenure there in the last six years where they took people who were intelligence analysts and made them, quote-unquote, special agents in charge of divisions. It's, that's never happened before. That's exactly what Brennan did at the CIA. He, he washed out at the farm. He never became a CIA officer or operator. He was an analyst, and, and he took revenge when Obama made him director and said, analysts can run operations now. That's exactly what happened at, at Langley. All right, we've got a minute left. Can it be fixed? Uh, yes or no? Uh, Dan Bongino, former Secret Service agent, says no, can't be fixed. Have to tear it down and give its missions to other agencies. We've had Steve Gray, 23 years in the Bureau, says no, got to start from scratch, give its missions to other agencies. What's your take, Carl? Yeah, I'll, I'll throw my, my tent up in their camp as well. I say no. I think that uh, if we were to look at the reasons the FBI was created, the possibility of not being able to coordinate interstate crime, not being yeah. able to track people across state lines, those don't exist. We've got mutual aid. We've got NIMS, which is the National Incident Management System. We've got comms. We've got a national database of records. We can share things on the Internet with uh, local police departments. So the federal crimes could be handled in a much smarter way. There's a couple of ideas out there, but um, I think the FBI's got to go. It's broken its brand, and we've got to try something new. The FBI has broken its brand, a perfect way to put it. Follow this man on social media, at Carl Serafin. You can find all his links there, his link tree connections as well. We want to keep you in our prayers. This door is always open for you. God bless you, Kyle. I'm Sebastian Gorka. You've been listening to America First. Keep your head on a swivel. Watch your six. Hold the line. Never give up. Never give in. And stay frosty. Sebastian Gorka. Surprise, surprise. I'm back a day early. Yes, we had a guest host today, uh, but we arrived back to America at 4 a.m. this morning from the Holy Land, from Israel. And I said, I need to be back on the mic, back in studio. Greetings, dear friends. I'm Sebastian Gorka. Didn't she do well? Yes, Carrie Lake. As I was getting on my plane yesterday evening in Israel, I managed to tune in to the opening few minutes of the show on our app. If you don't have the America First app, why not? Anywhere on the planet, any time of day. It has the show 24 hours a day on a three-hour repeating cycle, and I got to listen in to an amazing woman. I know she's been doing TV for 23 years in Arizona, but first time ever she did live radio, and she did superbly. Um, I have so much to talk to you about. Uh, our time in Israel with 350 listeners. If, if you wanted to come and you couldn't for whatever reason, you've got to join us. It's so amazing. We're going to go back in two years' time. In 2024, we'll be back. We were there with my wife, 
Katie with Dinesh D'Souza and his amazing wife, Debbie. Dinesh arrived early and he took our, our 350 listeners out on period correct fishing boats from the time of Jesus, so the same design. He took them out on six boats into the midst of a completely calm Sea of Galilee where he gave a lecture on miracles and faith standing on a boat in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. Guys, absolutely stunning. All right. Um, I recorded a very special interview with Dinesh. We'll play it as soon as it's available. Also, other stuff we did at the TBN studios. But let's get to the uh, news of the day. As we uh, landed here in, uh, in D.C., we heard of a prisoner exchange. A black lesbian, what is she? What is she, Eric? Basketball? She's basketball, right? Basketball um, player who is an Olympicon. I think she has two um, Olympic medals has been released from her nine-year sentence for smuggling drugs into Russia because, yes, she is that stupid. She took uh, drugs to Russia. And what are we giving to the Russians in exchange? We have no extradition treaty to Russia, so this is a big, big deal. Are we giving a Russian sportsman who smuggled cocaine into America and was busted at LAX? No. We're giving Vladimir Putin the most dangerous man in the world, an individual who was listed before we caught him in 2008 as the most wanted man in the world, Victor Bout. If you've seen the fictionalized movie Lord of War, that's based on him. He is was and will be again imminently as soon as he lands at Sharmayev of Moscow airport. He will be again one of the most dangerous, if not the most dangerous men in the world. He was convicted in 2011 of the following. Conspiracy to kill American citizens. Conspiracy to kill U.S. officers and employees. Conspiring to acquire and use anti-aircraft missiles and conspiring to provide material support to a designated foreign terrorist organization. Now, what did he give to the FARC that was planning to kill Americans? Did he sell them a handgun? Did he uh, provide them a crate of hand grenades? No. Victor Bout... This is just one of his deals. I mean, he, he's, he sold weapons across the globe, mostly in Africa, but Asia, South America, the Middle East, and elsewhere. Victor Bout, in this one deal that was going to target U.S. nationals, U.S. government officials and officers, sold the terrorist group 800 surface-to-air missiles. 30,000 Kalashnikov rifles, 10 million rounds of ammunition to go with those AKs, and five tons of plastic explosive of C4. Not 50 pounds, not 500 pounds, five tons of C4. Oh, as well as ultralight airplanes with grenade launchers. That's the man that's the man that Biden is giving to Putin. What what is going on here? Think about how this fits into what happened in Afghanistan. We surrender in Afghanistan. We leave eighty three billion dollars worth of equipment for the Taliban. We tuck tail and run. We leave our only strategic airport in the region, and 13 Marines, a corpsman, and an army sergeant are murdered at the airport as we are evacuating and surrendering that base. Right after that, what happens next? Ukraine is invaded. Wasn't invaded when we were in the White House. No, it was invaded after Biden surrendered in Afghanistan. That war has not gone well. In the last 10 months, 
the second highest rated military power in the world, has been fought to a standstill by a nation that was ranked 22nd. Yes, the second greatest military power has been fought to a standstill by a nation that was ranked 20 places beneath it. They've had to reimpose mobilization across Russia, and Putin is in trouble. Now, we are giving him back the man who was the most dangerous arms supplier in the world. A nation whose military has been hollowed out by corrupt generals that in the latest May Day parade, when it was trying to show off its latest, sexiest, most up-to-date tank, in that parade, it had one, one tank to show off. If you're a Cold War kid like I am, you'll remember the hundreds of arrayed tanks, armored personnel carriers, missile carriers, you name it, that would be paraded past the gerontocracy of the Kremlin. Russia has one of its next-generation tanks to show off. Now we, well, not we, not you, not me, Biden have given Putin the most capable, well-connected arms dealer in the world. What did we get back in return? A transgender, what, what is it, lesbian, black pothead. Nice virtue signaling, but virtue signaling that will cost lives, and most likely American lives. That's where we are today. They are such prisoners of their ideology. Now, I congratulate her. We want her back in America. She's an American citizen. But she broke the law. That was very clear. And the cost that we have just paid will be a cost that will be exacted in blood. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First. We have an amazing lineup for you. Let's open the call lines. The number is 83333-GORKA. Sound off on any issue of the day. And I'll tell you about my chat with Elon Musk. That's 833-334-6752. We're coming to you live from the ReliefActor.com studios. If you love the show, subscribe on Spotify. We have an amazing one-on-one guest today. He is the FBI whistleblower, Kyle Serafin. Where's my... Yeah, there we go. Go to Spotify, plug in my name, give us a five-star review, share the links, and then check out our latest America First merchandise at sebgorkastore.com. Treat yourself, get some Christmas gifts, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A store.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.